We back, bitches. That's right. It's time for WonderPod, episode 237. We've probably had too much time off, or quite possibly not enough. But I can tell you this. For 2015, obviously this being the first episode of 2015, the format's out, the mold's out, and we threw the fucking baby out with the bathwater. So what you're going to get now is whatever we feel like doing on a week-to-week basis. It'll be 60 to 90 minutes of the same crap, just with a different attitude. So, before I get too much further into the changes for 2015, let's bring in the guys. I've wanted to say that for four years. Every year we started, and just finally this year, fuck it, I did it. Um, joining me this week, as he always does, not everything's going to change. He's rattling change, it sounds like. It's Glacinator. Well, that's just my creaky chair back in my room. Oh. Because I am done. No more dorm internet ever is over. You're fa- so you'll be like three times as enraged when it goes out <laughs> when it's supposed to be good? Uh, yes, there'll be no explanation then. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'd, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be neither of us, but I just it seems like that would make you madder when you're supposed to be on a good, solid connection that you know is not garbage. That's true. Well, the, the router's over here, so I can just go and plug that. Yes, and there's, there's going to be t- nobody telling you not to touch it, or otherwise the internet will go away like that time in yes. Boston. That was yes. that was one of our better moments. <laughs> I'm back in my, my domain. Wow. Well, do me a favor and smack Michael in the head. I don't know why I say that even. Yeah, I haven't even, <laughs> I haven't even played a game with him in two years. It's just fun picking on him uh, via proxy. Also joining us this week, I think they've got snow. I don't know. Let's ask him. It's John. Hey, hey, we do have snow. And just to get back to your 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 crap comment, uh, I like crap. I love crap. I need crap. <laughs> crap, is what, crap is what sells podcasts, baby. I well, yeah. If you listen to anything IGN does, that's for fucking sure. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I, I, my my thought when I was off for the break was I still love doing this. I just don't love video games that much anymore. I just don't like everything surrounding video games that much anymore. I like playing games. I like possibly doing other things with them <laughs> now. <laughs> By the way, that's going to be kind of like the in-gag, because like most of our hardcore audience, i.e. our friends, I've told um, that I'm sure you'll pass it along to Roger. But it's going to be kind of the in-gag, uh, my most current project. And no, it's not the Machinima project. That's on the back burner. Although that is probably going to be done before the year is over, I would say. Because in my spare time, I am writing on it and doing some other stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I've got I've got an idea that it might come in handy at some point. But, uh, yeah, I don't... You know, the only podcast I've watched, <clears throat> and it was only when certain people from this company was on it, was Rooster Teeth while we were off. And just because... I'm not gonna. We're not gonna flat rip them off, but I like the fact that they talk. They have one podcast where they talk about everything. I, it's a video podcast because they're not nearly as hideous as I am. Well, some of them, but uh, you know, I, to me, it's just. I I I just yeah. We're gonna talk for sixty to ninety minutes, and when it's over, it might be good, might not be. I don't know. You shouldn't take any of that seriously either. It's called a joke. 
It's called comedy. Comedy. As I was saying during my during the break when I was talking to other people, I'm down to comedy plywood. We're fucking done here. Uh, I still don't, <laughs> still don't think I've recovered from that. Um. So, uh, what? What? Uh, you said something about Peter and imaginary portals. Oh yes, I yes. find this interesting because it's a new. I never thought about a new level of imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's or not. Um, oh wait, not a new level. Just just how much you could, how much a child's imagination could be broadened by evil bad video games. <laughs> well, as it turns out, uh, for for the folks at home, uh, Peter has been playing uh, the game Portal. And that started, uh, well, it spawned from two other games, as it turns out. Um, one being Ghostbusters. Peter's favorite video game currently is is still Ghostbusters the video game, which he, he, he you know, he asked to play a lot. Uh, and he does quite well. I mean, we're playing it on casual, so he doesn't really get, you know, he doesn't fail any missions and such, but, you know, very often. But in within that game, there is a there is a spot where the Ghostbusters go through a portal and come out into another ghost world kind of thing, and uh, and because Peter likes the Ghostbusters a lot, he and I pretend that we are Ghostbusters. Uh, our our proton packs uh, and uh, well, we don't, we don't really carry a backpack, but but the you know the the torch I guess that they use to shoot the the, the beams uh, the streams. Our drumsticks. Uh, my PKE meter is a uh, Wii, uh, Wii re- remote, um, and our ghost trap is, is a shoebox, right? or a small shoebox, and and it works out pretty well. Um, so the portal is one thing you know that happened to the Ghostbusters, and he remembered that. Um, he's also been playing some Minecraft on Xbox 360, and we didn't buy the full version, but he, he's been playing the demo a lot. Um, because the, the Minecraft on the on the PC doesn't have controller support, as best I can tell. So we're, he's been playing the demo because he was playing it at my friend's house uh, with his sons, and uh, and so he's kind of gotten used to the whole idea and the concept of first person uh, perspective. And I won't call it a shooter, but it's first person perspective, looking around with one stick and walking with the other, without you know looking up into the sky and walking in circles or looking down at the ground constantly. Uh, I mean, Wanda still struggles with that, but he's but he's managed to, to capture the essence, and so um, spawning from being able to use first person, and I, I hadn't really considered the Ghostbusters uh, portal uh, thing, but but uh, I got Peter up to the big TV, which is was uh, lovingly returned, uh, is back in full working order. Uh, as another update, my Wii U is not back yet. Uh, it's it's in the province. Uh, on, it's on its way back from from Ontario, where it was uh, undergoing repairs for for free, which was nice. Um, uh, did, I, did I mention that on the on the show last time? The phone call that I got from Nintendo. I don't think so. No, it was yeah. over oh, we were off air by that time. Oh, okay. Well, well, I'm getting off track a bit, but uh, Nintendo gave me a call and because um, I, I had sent them an email to their customer support uh, line saying that. I hadn't um, seen any updates to my st- my repair status, you know, and um, you know, as, as you might recall, the uh, the, the repairs out of war- was outside warranty, so it was going to cost me a cool one twenty five to get it repaired and sent back to me. And so, um, yeah, so they call me and and 
I think it was like a week before Christmas, or it wasn't too many. It wasn't that many days before Christmas, and and she and she called up and said that you know we received your email about your status and stuff, and uh, you know we we uh, at Nintendo have we we, you know, we have a, a, a huge backlog of of systems that are being repaired, and we're trying and we're, and some of them are not are just not going to be able to get out before Christmas, so we're calling up some of the clients who are who are not going to get it before Christmas and offer them uh, the repair for free. So you know, no, I thought that was pre- I thought that was pretty good. Uh, they, so the uh, so the you know, granted they they said you know it would be back to you you know five days after Christmas or so, and I kind of had an idea of how long it takes to, to courier something by ground from from Ontario to Newfoundland, considering how long it took to get there, <laughs> and uh, I said, well, you know. If it, when it gets here, it gets here. Um, you know, there's only one. There's only one game we have for it for Christmas, and and you know, as much as it's for Peter, it's it's a lot for me too. So you know, we can hold off, and I can explain to him what's going on about it. And so yeah, so the, it got repaired for free, and and it's on its way, which I'm pretty pleased. Probably about. got lost in New Brunswick somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. It, it it did have a stop in Moncton, New Brunswick, <laughs> according to the tracking information. But <laughs> maybe it went to see high tide at the Bay of Fundy. <laughs> that's right <laughs> the uh but it's it's in the province it's on the other side of the province so I, I would i'm hoping i will get it monday or tuesday um once it gets on the truck and comes over i don't i don't i don't think pure later delivers on saturdays so uh I'm, i'll get it monday or tuesday uh so pure later the... pure later makes me laugh because that's an oil filter here in the u.s and, oh, like really? like an old school one that you don't see much anymore but i'm just old enough that that yeah, pure later. It's like you're having an oil filter deliver your Wii U. <laughs> That's almost as bad as my Bay of Fundy joke. Almost. Almost. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah. So back to portals. Uh, so Peter got used to the first person controls and the and uh, so I got him to play Portal and he he actually saw Portal before. Um, just this, and 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 this was back when I was kind of reaching to to show him some different things because because. Uh, you know, at the time, I, and still am a big fan of the game, and so, and so I got him to play it from the start and try to explain to him what was going on a bit, and then you know we were doing some the 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 the, the computer voice was trying to make uh, make you do some some puzzles and try to get outside, get to the exits of each of the rooms, and and uh, so he had no trouble getting around and looking around and shooting the and you know at, of course at first you don't get a portal gun at first you have to go through the ones that are already there and, and you eventually get the portal gun uh, one for the blue portal and then after that you can sw- get to the two portal gun and yeah he he got it pretty pretty quickly you know once he got a chance to play around with it a bit and go in and out and he saw himself on the other side like it was it was it was pretty fun to watch him uh, you know come around and and get the idea of shooting, you know, going in over there and coming out over on this side and, and, uh, and then trying to solve a few puzzles. And, and, uh, you know, there was a couple of places where he was a little bit stumped on how, like, once you get to the parts where you're jumping out of a port, like you jump out of a portal into the floor portal and give you propulsion across, like he didn't quite get what I was trying to explain to him, but once he did it, he, he got it. And, but then the only barrier was, actually aiming himself properly into the hole you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but the uh, but the concept you got it i was i was i was pretty pleased with that um 
and when when we got to the point where there were where the turrets that were that would shoot you if they saw you, <laughs> yeah, the uh, he kind of got a little bit freaked out <laughs> and, and said, "Daddy, you play this game." <laughs> Have you ever seen the video? I bet Glace has. Have you seen the video, Glace, where the portal turret is a babysitter? I think was it. Was it done in a Source Filmmaker? It was either Source Filmmaker or Gary's Mod, one of the two. <laughs> it is really dark because the baby doesn't live long. Oh. It, like, the mom shuts the door and, and the portal turret comes alive and it's like, are you there? And the kid <laughs> says something or, or makes noise and, I see you. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just like, da, 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 da. and the kid's... Some of the stuff, some of the trailers and things, the little fan movies you can make in Source Filmmaker are pretty. <laughs> They're a little dark at times, but those portals or the way that those turrets talk could be very freaky. It is a little bit to freaky, a, yeah. to a to a very to a young kid. And- and and even even the setting like it's such a you know uh, a sterile laboratory environment and if you get shot you know like your blood goes, splatters up on the wall right and uh, and he saw it and he went <gasps> like that and I was like ooh I better uh, yeah maybe this is a good idea for me to play and then turn off because <laughs> because yeah he didn't really need to see uh, any more of that stuff but um, but to to finish my story so portals he got he understood what portals are. And how the portal gun works, and going in and out of portals, and and so the next time we played Ghostbusters, we were Ghostbusters that were going in and out of portals. So we went, so like uh, in our up in our top floor of our home, um, there's um, there's three bedrooms, and so we would go in, we'd go into one closet, into one in one room, and, and then pretend to come out the door, and and then run across the house and come out, and then pretend to come out the the portal in the in in the master bedroom right and and depending on the portal depending on the size of the closet it could be it, it could have been another world or just simply go in one and out another and and then he started switching it up and he had a portal gun and and uh you know he shot against the wall which was the bathroom door and then when in, he would he'd go in the bathroom and come out of and run out of the bathroom and come out his bedroom and like <laughs> he was having a really good time with it so it was pretty fun Glace, are you young enough? I know normally I don't ask you these kinds of questions without some sarcasm involved, but I'm actually serious for once. Are you young enough that that you and your brothers, or maybe just you, took stuff from like early, you know, Nintendo games and stuff you were playing, and and used that for pretend or playtime when you were away from the video games? Oh, uh, I do. Oh gosh. Oh jeez. Uh, there was a, when I was young, one of my friends would have a sleepover every year for his birthday and we would always watch the Super Mario Brothers movie, the bad one. With Bob Hoskins as yes, Mario? Yes, the live, the live action one, yes. Oh God. And then we would all get together and play Yoshi's Story. You know, the one, the na 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 that annoying one? Right. Uh, and in that game, there's different colored Yoshis. And, like, you know how when you're kids, you play, it's like, you could choose which Power Ranger you want to be, you know, or, like... Right. Uh, well, I don't know what there was when you were... Which Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Uh, that would be too... G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, with, The yeah. one with me and my friends was G.I. Joe. Like, like everybody wanted to be a certain G.I. Joe. Like, for me, it was Snake Eyes. 
always wanted to be Snake Eyes, just because I guess I really have been kind of a rogue, mischievous character since I was a kid, because it's my favorite character class to play in, in RPGs, too. Um, but yeah, it was, it was Snake Eyes. I wanted to be Snake Eyes with, with G.I. Joe, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but we all wanted, we all pretended to be different yo colored Yoshis. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think's great about that? Like, Peter, Peter, Peter building on his imagination taken from video games tells you that there is a positive correlation. But the other thing I noticed during a break was everybody loves Captain Toad's treasure tracker outside of maybe Jeff Ramsey from Achievement Hunter. And he's just an old fart. Um, he's like a year older than I am. <laughs> uh, he's just start. Well, we'll get into that maybe a little later in the show, but and it's uh, I've watched some let uh, excuse me I've watched some people play it. You didn't hear that Nintendo, um, the super secret underground of Nintendo Let's Play videos. It's almost like Fight Club, uh, it, and that just looks like fun. Is it simplistic, slightly repetitive, possibly? Is it just pure unadulterated fun that if you're not a stick in the mud snob, you're gonna love? Yeah. If you guys, have, if, you, if neither of you've got that yet, I'd, I'd seriously consider it because every person I've talked to, the little bit I've seen of it, I even played it at a demo station a little bit. Mm -hmm. It is just pure unadulterated fun, and I'd love to see more of that in video games. When I get uh, when I get my Wii U back, I, ha I got a gift card, a forty dollar gift card for Christmas, and uh, that is being invested into into Captain Toad. We still need to play Mario Kart, though. Uh, uh, th that hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> I will definitely still play Mario Kart, that's for sure. Well, but, I want uh, to make sure when you guys do this Mario Kart thing that I've seen pop up off and on all winter break, um, it, there's that Pat's there because I know he'll record it and put it on yeah. the site. Mm -hmm. If I had to give an edge, I would say it would be Glacinator. Glacinator's very good at racing games. Uh, I'm pretty good at Mario Kart. I'm in... That's what I said. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. That's what I said. Oh, a ringer, eh? Kind that's of my, what... my jam. That's what I said. I said I would give the edge to you. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I would. I'll, say, I'll. I'll imagine. I imagine that I will be coming up third in most races. I, I'm. I, uh, I. I don't have my Mario Kart Eight uh, elite skills uh, as hone as as hone as they would as they you know. Let's say my. My old double dash uh, skills were well. He'll probably disagree with me in a Facebook message that nobody but me will see. But I can tell you this much about Pat: if you can get him frustrated right away, then you can beat him. And the funny thing was, is when we were spending all that time playing uh, the first Sega and Sonic All Stars, which was a fun time in gaming. You know, and it was just the two of us. He, if he got a little frustrated or irritated right at the beginning, usually with NPC cars, then he wasn't on his game. If he's on his game, he's pretty hard to beat. Uh, you know, because I'm I'm pretty competitive, as Glacinator knows, to maybe over competitive with racing games. But he he <laughs> there was this one. I think it was a banana thrower, kind of like Donkey Kong in in Sonic and Sega, and. Man, that car, man, that, maybe it was just a banana car. I'm sure Pat will tell us on Facebook, and I'll bring it up next week, maybe. it That particular NPC would make him mad every goddamn time. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I, don't, I, I think those kinds of things on Connect, or Connect, sorry, reading my show notes, um, 
on uh, on on Nintendo, they really need to trumpet those in 2015. Simple dumb fun, because you know what? There is not a damn thing wrong with simple dumb fun. Never has been, never will be. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've been having a blast uh, with my Wii U this break. Uh, I mean, we have Mario Kart, we have Smash Brothers. Uh, I just picked up a uh, Rayman Legends uh, yesterday, uh, and I mean, all my brothers are home, so I mean, we're all playing at the same time, and I had friends over as well. So I mean, it's just it's so simple, just to play. Uh, I mean, like if I want to play a multiplayer game with my brothers on Xbox One or whatever, it's like you gotta turn it on, you gotta find the match, you gotta make sure the controller's all set up, you gotta get your profile on, all this mess, but. I mean, it's like with the Wii U, it's like it takes about 10 seconds. I mean, I can even turn on the TV with the gamepad, so I don't even have to get up and get the other remote. It's Well, I, I take it you found out that the bottom has fallen out of 343's luck that they had left over from Bungie? Yes. Uh, for those of you that aren't friends with me on Facebook, I posted a sort of enraged status uh, the other day because uh, I, I wanted to try out uh, the, what is it? Halo Anniversary, whatever, just all the different games. Halo Master Chief Collection. Master Chief Collection, that's yeah. it. Master Chief Collection. And my brothers have been playing uh, the campaign by themselves, uh, co-op. But I wanted to see what the online was like, because Halo 3 multiplayer was like my favorite multiplayer ever for anything. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe they'll have Rocket Race again. And, you know, all the silly game types that were in 3, which I love to play. Like, I booted up, there's like 10 different playlists. Like, one is ranked, all the others are not ranked. I, I try to join Halo 3 uh, playlist. Like, no one is joining. I try to join, like, Halo 1. No one is joining. It's like, there's just no one on. And the people that are on are, like, level 20 bazillion. And then people leave because the other people are level 20 bazillion. bazillion and it was, ugh, it was just awful. So I turned it off and played Mario Kart the rest of the day. <laughs> I, I feel slightly bad for Halo players. Except the ones that thought they deserved the crown jewels and everything in Fort Knox because the fucking thing didn't work. Yeah, welcome to everybody else playing first-person shooters, you punk bitches. You know, it's it, it, that was a weird one for me because it had to happen. Bungie seems to have this mojo, and it's not publisher-specific. I don't know what Bungie does. Um, maybe when Bungie's old and, 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 you know, they're maybe heading towards out of business, somebody will tell us what they did differently than COD did, than, uh, Ubisoft with Assassin's Creed multiplayer or, um, you know, Battlefield or any of those. They, they sacrifice goats to the multiplayer god in the sky. Possible. That sounds, that, that sounds about right to me. It's, it's entirely possible because I think... I'm hoping for Halo players that by the time 5 launches, 343 will have it a little better figured out. But I don't think you're going to get what you had with Bungie ever again. And I said that mm-hmm. God knows how many shows ago, probably right when Bungie left. You know, or Bungie. Was, was Halo 4 Bungie still? It was. It depends on who you believe. There's people, I've heard it stated with, of course, sources, you know, and all that nonsense, that Bungie 
had a lot to do with what went into Halo 4, if nothing else, if not even starting to work on it before 343 took over. And then you have people that say that was all 343. But given how good the multiplayer was in 4, and that there was no bitching whatsoever or very little bitching, I'm suspecting that Bungie had far more to do with that than anybody has let on. You know. And... Because mm-hmm. that, that one still worked fine. Right. At the end of the day. I mean, they didn't have... I saw one or two complaint threads and maybe one Reddit post when Destiny launched, but they pretty much had a trouble-free launch with Destiny. You know, it just... It's something they do. Whether they, whether it's as simple as they're smart enough to have the extra server space or, you know, because my biggest mistake of 2014, buying into Archage to the tune of $150... That stupid game. I have yet. I never played it again. I took it off my hard drive. Uh, four months into their launch, they were having still having server issues and crashes and all this nonsense. Um, you know, it's it, listening to both of you talk about the Wii U. I will probably. Well, we'll see. Great things are going. Well, I I will probably purchase a Wii U in twenty fifteen. And I, I'm actually debating, I have until the 28th, of not even renewing my Xbox Live subscription. Because I'm not buying a $400 console. I mean, Microsoft and Sony are now battling over who's got the better MOBA, which is League of Legends type stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, that doesn't sell consoles, assholes. I don't care what the 12-year-olds are telling you. So what, what MOBAs do they have? I think Xbox has got Smite and Sony's got other some other one in development. God, God help us all, it can't be shared. You know, because I don't know if you guys saw the news, but Hellblade, which we saw at E3, made by uh, Ninja Theory, the people that made yeah. Enslaved. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's coming to PC. It's not yeah, PS4 saw, exclusive. I saw that. I That uh, made me a little bit happy. What? what why do I want to buy a PS4 or an Xbox One? Why? There's, you know, oh, for MOBAs and indie games I already own? <clears throat> Don't think so. You know, or or uh, a first-person shooter that can't even be bothered with a story? Take your pick, Titanfall or Destiny. It sounded like neither of them had it. It's it's not worth it. You know? I, I just don't see the point in, in owning either of them. The Wii U, on the other hand, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, Mario Kart, uh, you know, that new open world Zelda. There was another one that that you and Peter were playing that I really thought would be a good time. Um, and on I, Wii U? Huh? On Wii U? Yeah. Um, it's not coming to me now. Did you say 3D, 3D Land? Yeah, I, I wanted to play 3D Land. I do, but that's... Or 3D, or 3D World, whatever it is. Yeah, 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 that, yeah one of those. But uh, but there's so much, com- you know, there's so much that's just fun when I don't feel like playing a serious game on... I mean, I've got a free copy of the fucking Witcher 2 sitting on my good old games account and haven't even found time to get to it. I haven't finished Dragon Age either. Jesus, man, I have two copies of the Witcher 2. <laughs> one, one of them was free on uh, on on 360 one, one month. And- oh, right. And I and I bought it on and I bought it on uh, Steam on, for two bucks or something. I did not spend. Uh, you know, the only thing I bought on Steam was essentially a kind of make game components thing. 
No, I take that back. I didn't buy a fucking thing during the sale because I already owned everything I wanted. Mm-hmm. I did not. I bought. I bought. Um, ah, shit. It's a. It's an actual pure survival where you're just essentially fighting the elements. Uh, I bought it actually because it's cell shaded looking. It's really interesting, but it doesn't have a lot of meat to it. Now I paid like four ninety nine. That was the only thing I bought during the sale. Uh, because I basically had everything I wanted and didn't see a lot that, you know, looked like I had a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I bought a transistor, which, which I haven't played yet. I, I played, I, I just, I actually, I basically just booted it up to make sure that it actually would run. <laughs> I don't know. I, I remember, I remember having doubts for some reason that it wouldn't. And then, yeah, I didn't really know. And you said, really go ahead. And I said, I, I said, screw because it was on, it was on for like 66% off. So I got it and it, it, it seems to be fine. Yeah, even if you had to turn down the settings, I didn't see anything in in game let's play videos of it that I've watched uh, yeah. that indicated your machine wouldn't run it. Mm-hmm. And I and I got that war game that I um, shoot um, this war of mine. This war of mine, I got that as well. And, I, and I, again, I haven't played that one either. But I will, uh, yeah, we'll have to have to have a pretty in depth discussion about this war of mine because I like the concept. You know, the mm-hmm. the view of the of the. Uh, civilians caught in the crossfire but with all the modern gaming engines out there you have unity for free you have CryEngine and unreal for you know a decent low rate why in the fuck did you make that 2d 2d (laughs) side scrolling that just killed it for me yeah it's it's using the ubi engine i think oh boy are the faces connected to the rest of the models (laughs) um one thing i want to bring up i got three things i want to bring up well, and I'll bring up one, and then we'll talk to Glaze and see see if he's got anything he wants to bring up from over the break. But this one is kind of Glaze-centric. Did you see during the break that Notch spent $71 million on a house in Hollywood? Did you see that news going around? I, I did not. I never laughed. Look, look this up now. I never laughed so hard. Apparently... Uh, my former running mate at the Morphe Nation and friend Jim Sterling got invited to the housewarming party, according to what he said on Facebook the other day. I never laughed so damn hard in my life when I read that he spent $71 million on a house. Because it's like, it's not about the money, huh? It's such, he is such a massive lesson for indie devs to drink in and understand. Because I don't have anything against the guy. I don't have anything against him spending $71 million on a house. I'm pretty sure he's got it. I don't have anything against why he quit. I kind of understood it when I read between the lines. But lack of PR skills really damaged him when he decided he'd had enough and sold out to Microsoft. At least in the hive mind's eye. Because one thing I'd forgotten, and Glace, you might want to go dig this up, I kind of got on a Craig Ferguson binge, the late night talk show host, because he 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 retired or left the show. Yeah, you went on the show. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he you ought to go track that down, John, just for shits and grins. It's only like a ten minute video. It was pretty good. Well, uh, you know, Ferguson. The reason I liked him, and I'm not a big fan of late night television, is he just kind of he handled every guest differently. There was no formula, and he just kind of shot the shit with Notch for ten minutes, and he didn't go EU video games. You know, and I got a kick out of him. I think the dude's got a great personality. But 
man, some of the bitching and moaning I saw when I found out he bought... He's got a candy room. That was the only thing that seemed a little opulent to me. He has a Transformer replicas. It came, comes with a house. He has a showroom for the cars. In the back, there's a bunch of like Optimus Prime like life-size replicas. <laughs> well, you should have seen the pictures when it first sold. The guy had two supercars, the guy that you stole in the house that built it. Uh, and I think there's an elevator that takes one of those up where you could show it in the house if you wanted to. I mean, hey. <clears throat> like a Tony Stark house. Put yourself in the position of having over a billion dollars. And tell me that you would not do something similar. The thing is, he's married, isn't he? I don't know. I have no clue. I'm pretty sure he's married. I would not be surprised if the wife had a large say in this buy. I don't know. That house seems kind of dude pad, dude pad, man cave-ish for a woman to have anything to do with it. Maybe she did. Someone shoot me a link of this of this home. Uh, go ahead, Glace. I don't have one up. I, okay, yeah. I just had the story. Yeah, I'm just going through the slideshow, and it's kind of. I I couldn't live there. Oh, I could. It would not look like that if you took pictures of it two weeks after I moved in. I, I would be afraid I would break something. Like I don't even like using glass plates. Or, you know, like, <laughs> I kind of have, have that same problem. I understand what you mean. I've been in houses or eating at restaurants where it felt like I was going to break anything if I so much as moved. So I didn't really like being there. But my, I, I think there's a difference between somebody else's and my own. I wouldn't have anything like that, though. Like, that's just, the thing with me is, is if I had, you know, that kind of money, I would probably have a house that awesome, but it would be very plain on the inside because I wouldn't want anything that I'd fear spilling on if I want to eat on the couch watching TV. You know what I mean? No, I mean, like, for dinner tonight, my family all were, were eating on the normal, you know, plates, like silverware plates. Right. I was just eating on a paper plate and, like, a plastic cup. Like, <laughs> so it's just an irrational fear that I have. Yeah, but I mean, it's something you got to take into account. I, I my my thing is, well, in fact, I had a conversation with my dad about that today. We were working at the ranch, and I was being super careful because you know I don't own the tractor. I didn't want to run over. We got buried fence, and I didn't want to run over the barbed wire. My dad's like, "What well, do you think that the barbed wire will pop a tire that quick?" I'm like, "I don't know." But I'm not taking a chance because it's not my goddamn tractor. <laughs> you know, I don't own it. I treat other people's stuff the way I want my stuff treated. You know, so I, I understand what you mean. I, I totally do. I don't think it's an irrational fear. I think it's just you're you're mindful of other people's stuff. Um, so could you live there, John? I could live here. It's, it's not it's not very homey. I'll, I'll say that. No, but it's, but it's uh, it's a nice place. No, I could see myself. That that, that, that that blue crystal grenade is a, that giant blue crystal grenade is a little bit much, but I, I, the weirdo in me, which as we all know is a large portion of me, likes it. But I think I would get tired of it and it would get sold or move someplace else rather fast. Right. I think it'd be cool for a couple of weeks, and it's like you'd wake up one morning, stumbling to the coffee pot to get coffee, and go, "Why do I own a giant blue crystal grenade? This is fucking ridiculous." Is he? <laughs> He's definitely looking to entertain a lot of people. I'll say that. Well, I, I, I honestly think that he's if he's happy, then good for him. 
Yeah. Dude made a damn good video game. Well, fuck, fuck who he sold it to. He was going to sell it to somebody the hive mind didn't like. You know? I... But, as far, but, but as far as buying a new house, I mean, I mean, Wanda asked me today, like, there's, there's the, 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 the national lottery is, um, uh, like, uh, the prize is 50, 50, $50 million. And Wanda asked me, well, what's the first thing I'd do with my, if we won it? And the first thing I said was buy a new house. You know, that's what you do. I've realized over the years, I've been in a lot of houses from, you know, rental dumps to pretty damn nice. I wouldn't say as nice as notches, but pretty damn nice, you know, upper class houses. And one thing I've realized is if I was ever going to get a house I was happy with without attempting to get the perfect house, which is impossible, um, I would have to just buy a piece of property and build it myself. There's just no way I could ever be what uh, guarantee that I'd be a hundred percent happy most of the time with anything somebody else built. And that, that's of course we're talking if you won lottery money or had a rich relative you didn't know about that liked you or something like that. Mm. You know, it, it, it's it's. I mean, my uh, my my dream office alone would take up a lot of space. <laughs> you know, or my dream computer slash office room. Would take it would probably be bigger than my bedroom if I was still single, as I would no doubt probably be. Um, you know, my bedroom would be like a closet with a fold out bed because I mm-hmm. spend a majority of my time in front of my computers when I'm not at the ranch or something else like that. But yeah, it's it's funny. I don't think the gaming press picked up on it a lot, but that like Glacinator linked you to Yahoo. Um, mm-hmm. that's where I saw it. Like wow, he paid seventy one million for a house. That tells me he got a pretty good, big, pretty big share of the one point five four or whatever billion that they. Uh... I'll tell you the other thing that fasc- fascinates me, and it was kind of the Craig Ferguson interview that you were talking about. Glaze made me think this. He seemed pretty Swedish to the core. Like you know, America was cool to come visit, but Sweden was his home. Guess I missed that one by a mile. Yeah, I mean the house just does not seem very his personality uh like i remember when they upgraded their offices in uh sweden or where, wherever they're from they had all like the mahogany you know and, like the fireplace and a bunch of rugs and stuff I'm like you know this this makes sense to me like you know cold climate you know you want to be cozy in the house and yeah yeah it's like a totally different departure from that yeah the mojang offices were more my speed i mean yeah, i made I, fun of i it. can't really imagine notch like sunbathing like <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine him fitting in where he's comfortable. You don't have to fit in wherever you live. Fuck him. But just fitting into where he'd be comfortable in Southern California. It's a whole different shark tank down there. You know? I mean, it's just... it's it's. I, I'm, I'm keeping myself from calling it a cesspit, because that's what I think of it as. Uh, but... But L.A. and that area just has a whole different mindset than the rest of California and then probably the rest of the planet. Yeah. You know, it's Hollywood. <laughs> it's where movies and TV are made. Um, planet of the Egos, I imagine. Oh, God, God yeah. I, I have no doubt. Um, I I think my overwhelming question is, 
and I really don't have a good sense of an answer for this or even a speculation is will he ever get the bug again to where he releases something public? Because, yeah, a lot of people bitched about Minecraft. A lot of people bitched when he sold it to Microsoft. But that adulation you get from people who really love what you're doing is hard to give up entirely. So I, I'm kind of curious whether we'll ever see Mr. Notch back in the vi video game realm again. I think he'll probably be working on small, free projects. I mean... Yeah, I don't I think he really needs any more money. I mean, he was doing that other thing, that space thing a while ago that kind of fell apart. But oh, X I mean, cubed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he has ideas, and he just wants to put out random stuff. And if people, if it catches on, then maybe he'll start monetizing it. But if not, then it's whatever. So. Well, I don't think the plan was like if you look at the state of Worm Online and probably how much revenue they generate. And the player base. And that's where Notch got his very first start working with Rolf. Or it was the first public thing that he was known for. I don't think he ever in his wildest dreams figured that Minecraft would be what it became. But it just... It filled a, a hole in gaming and it was just at the right place at the right time. It's lightning, it's lightning in the bottle, right? Right. But at the same time, I think there's lessons for other developers to take away from that about how you may go about marketing and and uh, and getting your game to the public. Not so much even marketing. Like, for me, did I tell you about Minecraft Glacier? Or had you already heard of it before I started playing it? Uh, the first I heard of it was I saw the uh, the Enterprise video right. on YouTube, and then I saw the video of the guy who caught his house on fire. The guy trying to make the stove. Yeah, that's what I wanted to play when his house caught on fire. I just brought you know I just brought up that video to somebody the other day. That is still to me one of the funniest videos because you have all these videos where people are trying to teach other people how to do things in Minecraft that they may not know how to do, and not in a condescending way, just to hey, here's how I did it. And that's what that guy was trying to do. You can, in fact, build a fireplace in a wooden house. No, apparently you can't if you did it the way he did it, because he burnt down an entire two-story structure. Um, yeah, well, that's where I was going with the you know non-traditional marketing. I saw a, a comic. Penny Arcade did two days of comics, a Wednesday and a Friday, on Minecraft. And I read the text post uh, by Jerry Hulking's, you know, Tycho Bra or Bray. And I'm like, I want to play this. And so I went and bought an alpha copy of it. And then Glacinator was not far behind me, I don't think, <laughs> in buying one. Um, and it just took off from there. So, well, I, I think you're absolutely dead on right, John. It was lightning in a bottle. There's things you can take from that. Uh, whole, you know, timeline of, of Minecraft and, and, and you know, if you use it to your advantage in, in a lot of things that are internet-centric. Because, I mean, we talk about the $54 million in, in, or $54 million, excuse me, 54 million copies that it sold? How much merchandise did that game sell before they sold to Minecraft, or before they sold to uh, Microsoft? 
Oh man, there is so much merchandise out there for that. I got I got my Minecraft Lego set right here next to me. Oh, did you and, buy one? Yeah, I bought it uh, during exam week. Uh, oh, last I, semester. I think yeah, you so. said that on Facebook. I think, but I, I, think I mentioned it. Yeah. I, yeah, but I don't know if we ever got it on the show. So you did buy a set. Yeah. And they're not Durablox or whatever the fuck you were pissing about. That yeah, I they're, they're they're Legos. It's nice to mess around mess around with because uh, it's detachable. Well, it's like four. It's four little blocks, and you can take off the top and like look inside and like make little caves and stuff. And it comes with a little Steve and a little creeper Lego. That's kind of cool. Speaking of companies that you'll never ever find another like it, you know, Lego's a Danish company. Dude, think about what a simple concept that is. I mean, before that, there was Lincoln Logs and these connector things. And and it now probably just Lincoln Logs. And then here comes Lego with the most simple block concept ever. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I mean, from what I understand, Lego was almost dead at one point. It was almost done. And then they started opening up and, and, and uh, using letting other 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 properties use the, use the Lego license, like Lego Star Wars, Lego Batman. All that stuff started coming around, and it just took off. Again, I mean, it was popular. Obviously, it was popular, but it was a point where where the Lego company was, was in trouble. Well, possibly, but I don't, I don't, A, recalling ever hearing anything uh, specifically, but I mean, that's just a, such a simple concept that's going to be generational. You might run into lulls when you don't have as many kids around, but you're absolutely right, though. They were beyond wise to make, I mean, I should have bought all those Lego games that were on sale and just played them when I had time. There was a ton of them on sale for four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. During the Steam sales. I'm trying to find a reference to what I just said, uh, just so I can... Maybe the, maybe the little blurb on the story is there, but... I mean, Lego's always been in, in, in you know, pop culture, in the... It's a household, it's a household word, right? But, um... Where did I see that? Yeah, when did those start coming out? Like, uh, Lego Batman, Lego Star Wars... I mean, because they, they had they had themed Lego sets, they had like Lego pirate stuff. But I want to say Lego Batman, and this is going purely off memory. I'm not going to open a web browser, or I'm not going to tab into one. I want to say Lego Batman was probably first with the resurgence of Batman, and I'm talking the original resurgence with the the Michael Keaton one, like early '90s. Yeah, yeah, I think that's when that all started coming out. When I when I was a kid, because that was the big deal, was you know was Lego Harry Potter was the big deal. Well, I and I think that's when they you know I, they may have started licensing sets before they did video games because like there wasn't even yeah. licensed sets when I was a kid. There was just different themes. Mm-hmm. Still a Lego, but like you could get little dudes that look like firemen or pirates or doctors or whatever. Ooh, this is a cool blurb right here. Uh, while there are sets which while there are sets which can be seen to have a military theme, such as Star Wars, the German Russian soldiers and Indiana Jones sets, and the Toy Story Green Soldiers and Lego Castle, there are no directly military themed sets in any line. This is following the creator's policy of not wanting to make war seem like child's play. Huh. That's interesting. 
Yeah, I read that one time before, and I'm, I'm, that's kind of a very Danish Scandinavian attitude, and one I fully support. Children, you know, only get to be kids for so long. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of a cool thing. What'd you find over there, John? You find anything? Uh, not yet. Uh... Just give me two more minutes, and, uh, and maybe what I said is bullshit. But I thought I thought I read or or heard the story about it, and that that uh, Lego was um, like I said, well, this wasn't as popular as you know. It lost in popularity, and then it turned the corner. And here we go. Lego Star Wars started in 1999. Damn, I was off. I thought it was earlier than that. So Lego Star Wars was the first one. Was the first I, official like branded? I mean, they had like Lego pirates, Lego racers. Right, right, stuff. right, right. But that's not that's like the first specific. I think the only Lego game I played all the way through was Lego Star Wars, and only because, and this is me being my twisted self, the enemies popping into Lego parts made me laugh from beginning to end. You know, I mean. And that's, that goes back to the, you know, war is not child's play thing, Glace. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm theoretically slicing somebody up with a lightsaber, but they pop into Lego parts. And it makes like a popping sound that's funny, not terrible. And there, it, again, it fits and it, and it works. Keep looking, John. We'll give you a couple minutes because I'll ask Glass... Glass? Glass? Glace something. Glace specific. I'm Philip Glass. <laughs> yes, that works. Um, did you see anything during our break or holidays that got on your nerves, bugged you, that kind of thing? Well, going back to Halo, I did try the Halo uh, 5 beta. Uh, I, I did not like it at all. Not not one bit of it. it it's... It's just basically Call of Duty, but you're in a spacesuit. I I, I want to hear. It's, I want you to. Flesh, it's awful. I want you to flesh this out because I saw the Zoom thing, and um, it, it's funny. First person versus third per, person perspective, and should that be a thing you can switch in video games? It was a topic of discussion between um, between uh, Agent K Quiglin and I. Because I really like it in DayZ, which is based in Arma 2. You know, you can be first person and then zoom, change the third, and back and forth. So, you piqued my interest with that uh, zooming thing you posted on Facebook. What all specifically, like, can you cite examples of why you think it's just COD in a spacesuit? Well, I mean, you got your, you know, your pull up the hips sort of thing, you know, where you pull the thing up. And, like, I mean, traditionally in Halo, it's like a click button. You know, you click the stick. And it's either you have the uh, all the way zoomed in, you know, with a sniper rifle, or you don't have anything zoomed in. Uh, and this, I mean, it's like you can do it halfway, you know, you can sort of strafe while you're doing it as well. Uh, I mean, the way that you run is very Call of Duty. It's like you put down the gun, you know, and you sort of jog. And the way that you hop, too. Uh, I mean, Halo used to be pretty floaty, which a lot of people used to complain about. But, I mean, I sort of like that. And this is very, the physics of it is very quick. Uh, grenades aren't as potent as they used to be. Um, 
I mean, they only have two maps, so I can't really say much about the maps. But I mean, just the way that the game types were were set up. Uh, oh yeah, one of the game types was search and destroy, which is like the most unhalo thing ever. All right, that's the first thing you said that 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 I personally find find problem with. To me, Halo and COD are both twitch shooters. And and every year older I get, more ancient I get. And I got told once this year that I, or once during the winter break, I'm too old to be on the internet, which has basically made me decide that I'm going to become a geezer and tell people to get off my lawn and occasionally on the show to do things like, you know, because it's like, all right, fine. You're going to keep calling me old. I'll just start acting like a geezer. Everything's short of leaving my blinker on and wearing depends. I'm just going to start doing and I'm going to start enjoying the hell out of it. Um... And, and the same thing with the weapon spawns, too. I mean, it's, uh, you have loadouts, and, like, one weapon will spawn in the middle of the map, and, like, they'll indicate it's, like, 30 seconds until the drop, you know, and then everyone runs there to pick up the weapon. So, I mean, the, how I remember Halo is it if you don't know the maps, you're screwed, which is what pissed off a lot of people, but, like, once you learn it, it becomes very strategical about how your team is placed on the map you know, and how you hold points to get weapons and whatnot. This is just more of everyone is constantly running around in a circle uh, and just shooting, you know, zooming in and sprinting around and stuff. So, which, uh, which to me is a lot more Twitch than, than other Halos for me. I would say it's less Twitch than like a, uh, you know, uh, Counter-Strike or a... Um... Oh, no, yeah. you know what? Counter Strike's on the computer, so I mean, computer FPSs are a totally different eh. ballpark. What? Oh well, yeah, I mean, mouse and keyboard versus controller. I mean, <laughs> mm, not really, because you're still using basically six keys. It's really, uh, yeah, maybe the turn time is a little slower, but I, 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 I can't agree with that. It's it. There's variations. There's there's slight differences, but it's not that massive a difference to me. And believe me, I played both for years. Like in fact, the only thing I've I've started playing with controller more is RPGs that I've played before on console because it's just easier to remember the damn buttons. Um, but you're not wrong. I but what I was just gonna say is no. You're I'm wrong. I, I would put. Halo more in a battlefield category. Less Twitch than, say, a COD or a Counter-Strike. By the way, Counter-Strike is on the consoles. The uh, most current one, which is the one I play now. Um, but you're right. You're, you're right. It, it is less Twitchy than COD, or at least the ones prior to 5. Do you think that maybe the full game with a little more polish and time in the hopper might change some of that or are you a little concerned especially with a search and destroy type i mean it's just it's just the fundamentals of the game to me have been changed so i mean no matter how much they polish that it's still i mean it's not floaty so you were kind of having a little bit of an issue with that in reach though too i wonder if maybe you just yeah reach i mean because they they added the sprint in reach but i mean i didn't like that but i was able to deal with it no. I, I wonder if just your tastes are changing too. Because like Halo 3 seemed the high point in Halo for you from everything I've learned about you. Yeah. It, it was. 
Yeah, that's that's that always does suck though when when they start changing a franchise to the point where you're not enjoying it anymore and don't want to buy. It. I mean, that's basically what COD did. They just kept regurgitating the same stuff, making it more toward the little spawn camper kitties that you know want to call themselves elite because they you can't get five foot outside your base. I and it just became not for me. Uh, it's frustrating and annoying. I agree totally. But yeah, that search and destroy thing—that's totally not Halo. And I had fears that maybe 343 would get either pressure from higher up in MMS or just get concerned that they got to be more like the other ones. I mean, because even COD is not doing that great. You know, it did this last one, not seeing a lot of people I used to say play COD uh, playing it, either on Xbox Live or uh, or my Steam friends. They're playing. They're playing different things. Okay. I mean, just go watch, go watch some gameplay. I mean, it's... No, what I find interesting is Agent K got the, a chance to play it at work before the, the beta went public. As far as I know, I think that's how it worked. I didn't ask questions, but he has access to things. Um, and he, he kind of said it felt off, but he couldn't really articulate how. But he doesn't play... You play more shooters these days, probably, Glaze, or have in the last few years than either he or I. So, it's, uh, but he said it didn't feel right either. Yeah. yeah I, it not feeling right is, is a good way to phrase it. I mean, there's nothing wrong right. with the way it, way it is. It just, it's, it doesn't feel Halo to me. Yeah, it doesn't have that right feel. I, I, I get it. I, I understand that totally. I, kind of, I feel bad for you, if nothing else. Because that's kind of how COD was for me. When the first Black Ops came out, it was all right. Had a lot of fun with it. Played a lot of hours with uh, Pat in multiplayer, but it just didn't feel right. And I just didn't continue with the franchise after that. It just, it just didn't, it just felt the same and then didn't, the controls felt like they were being sped up even more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is interesting. Now that I've seen this, it's, I, I don't, still don't recall it, John. But mm. the but the symptoms. What basically he pulled up there, Glace. If you didn't if you didn't look at it, is basically in the nineties, China becoming a much bigger force in cheap toy production, among other things, uh, and 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 Lego trying to always innovate and do different things, kind of almost put them into bankruptcy. But the guy that founded the company, you got to give him credit. It says here in the article that he basically stepped aside and let somebody else take over and they picked back up again. Yeah. Which is, which is impressive. Not, not so much from a, a big company standpoint, just from a human standpoint, it's hard to be able to say to yourself, I'm not able to lead this, this group or entity as well as somebody else could, you know? Yeah. Let, let, let the reins go. Yeah. Yeah. But the Danish people I've known, this is definitely a Dane-ish company. I'd know that even if I, if nobody told me. Just because the innovation, the precision, they're always willing to try something new. Um, I've often thought that there's a lot American business that could learn from Scandinavian countries in general. You know, my Danish friends tend to get mad when I say they're a little on the German side, but really they kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> with their precision and their their strive to always make it better the next time, the problem is that sometimes making things better the next time costs a lot of money, 
before you can send the product to the public. You know, it's interesting. And I know, I know the feeling you're having right now, John. You didn't care if you proved it to us. You wanted to prove to yourself that you weren't crazy. <laughs> a little bit, actually. Yeah, ex- that's exactly how I feel about it. And <laughs> I've learned here in the last few months to tell people that. Because I'll start going on a tangent or looking for something or trying to figure something out. And they're like, dude, it wasn't that big a deal. No, this has gone beyond right and wrong. This has gone beyond you and me. This has gone to, I goddamn know I remember something like this. I'm going to figure it out. I'll figure it out, yeah. It, just to, you know, just to see what, what the heck I was thinking. Um, one other thing I wanted to, t- to talk to you guys about from, from my end that I thought was funny have either of you seen some of these new motion control TVs? No, I haven't actually. I they're still fairly new. I was with a group of people, or at least a few people at a house. I'm trying to think of when the hell exactly it happened. But anyways, I saw this ad and I started laughing, and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. And because this TV, I want to say it might have been a Samsung has motion controls where you can flip the channel with your hands. Like a connect built into the TV. Uh-huh. And I went, told you. I mean, literally my brain's like, I fucking told you that, you know, and I don't know exactly who I'm telling. God only knows. <laughs> but I knew, even back in the super secret Uber Project Natal, you have to look at Pat's junk and underwear days that this was the start of something new. May it never pan out in video games? Maybe. But I knew once the Pandora was out of its box, it wasn't going back. And so now I'm starting to see ads for motion control TVs. And, you know, so maybe MS has pulled in its horns a little bit on Connect, although I'm hearing rumblings that also... Uh, corroborates my belief that it's not dead. But, I mean, I guess my question to you, gentlemen, other than just bringing it up to to to, to say and, and for the audience to hear, I, I'm sure you could probably hunt one down if you did some Google searching. Seems like they're relatively new. They're more pushing, um, from what little I paid attention at CES, they're more pushing 4K and curved screens. The 4K doesn't interest me. That curved screen thing, some of the stuff I'm hearing about uh, playing video games on a curved screen has me a little fascinated. Uh, but they're still really pricey. <laughs> so it may be a while before before I get one. But, Glace, let's start with you. Would you get a TV with Kinect-style controls? Um, Maybe. Uh, I mean, it's not the first thing I think of when I think of a TV, but uh, I mean, I've been messing around with the Xbox One the past few days, and I do like how when I sit down, it signs me in, even though that's creepy to me. Uh, you and a lot of people. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's that's nice, but uh, I'm sort of concerned at the same time. <laughs> that the Kinect's going to grow a knife like Skynet and chase you around the room. Yeah. Um, and I, I do like having my Wii U pad as well. I know that's not motion control, but uh, I, I'm finding that my my TV watching experience has been enhanced in the past few few days with these uh these systems. So I mean, if there's something already built into the TV where I can like, if I sit down, it'll sign me in. Like, there's already like I have a profile on the TV which has like my favorite shows 
right. coming up. Like stuff like that, I would love. And the swiping stuff as well. I mean, it's not as important, but. Uh, so you're saying like a, like a user interface? Yeah, a user interface, yeah. yeah. Like there's oh. some sort of software in a TV that you can have some sort of profile attached to. I think smart TVs kind of do that to a point, but I think it's more in most viewed terms. Mm-hmm. Like, say you watch, um, since it's a smart TV, say you watch Orange is the New Black a lot on Netflix, then it'll have that more prominently displayed for you so you can eat more quickly get to it. I don't know if it's a specific uh, user profile, like, say, our Xbox Live tags, but I, I think that is... A form of that is in some smart TVs uh, currently. Uh, John, how about you? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, the price point. I mean, I, I I look at my TV that I just got back, and and you know, it's an it's a LCD TV. You know, it's not as thin as and small, and have, have as many features as smart TVs and stuff. But it's fine. Uh, it's come, it's kind of ties back to am I going to buy a new video game system a PS4 or 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 Xbox One not right now I, I don't I still don't see the need and a new TV I was very happy to have just only paid 150 bucks to to fix this one and it'll probably last me five more years it's fine yeah it's a Samsung I just quickly looked mm. uh, it's a Samsung it's got uh... Voice, motion control, and facial recognition. Yeah, I, I, I creepy glycinator. <laughs> yeah, that that I mean that, that there's there's parts. I mean I mean I don't know how much better the the Xbox One Connect is if it, if it, if it is any better. Um, but I mean sometimes I'll, I'll admit the voice commands the original Connect are okay. Like when we're watching Netflix and and you know you've got your you're eating a big bowl of greasy popcorn, and you don't grab that remote, and you just right. say X- Xbox pause. That's all right, you know. Um, it's funny because it got me. It, it allowed me to tell a funny story. My mother and father decided to buy my mom a new SUV, and she's had the same 1994 Yukon since like '95, I think, or '96. And so they got her a GMC Acadia. It's got a backup camera on it. And what was funny to me about it was like Glacinator talking about being panicked, or not panicked, but but weirded out, creeped out by the, you know, connect profile thing, and, and you talking about that you don't have a big need for it yet. Every time they went shopping and then I talked to them afterwards, that was my mom's thing. My dad just bitched about the cost. Because they hadn't been to a car lot to buy a new car since, like, 1982. <laughs> uh, there's no joke. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, so so the price of the vehicle being what it was, you know, in 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 the mid five figures, uh, was really getting on his nerves. <laughs> My mom, though, was the more interesting aspect and the one that's more relevant to the show. In that, I'll never be able to use all those bells and whistles. I don't know what I'm going to do with them all. I I don't want to get a smartphone just so it can hook up to my car. And actually, believe it or not, her her LG dumb phone actually hooks up to the car and works just fine. But every time she drives it now and I talk to her, she's finding more to love about it. And it's hilarious to me because, like, she... First thing she had to show me was how well you could see with the backup camera. (laughs) But... 
that was pretty normal to me because I'm in the agricultural industry, specifically cattle industry. And several years ago, people started getting those put on bigger trucks so they could see the center of a, of what we call a, a gooseneck hitch or a fifth wheel hitch. And the greatest, one of the greatest quick pranks I've ever pulled is there was two guys, a buddy of mine and the guy that owned the truck showing them how it worked. And I saw him and I saw him and the way it works on my mom's Katie and the way they're wired in, um, on aftermarket, if you, if you don't know, is when you put it in reverse, the camera comes on. So I'm watching these two guys look at show off his, you know, the one guy show off his fancy truck to my buddy, and I see him start to put it in reverse, and I quickly stuck my face in front of the, <laughs> the camera. Both of them almost hit their heads. Don't granted they were wearing cowboy hats, but both of them almost hit their heads on the ceiling of the truck when I did that. <laughs> so. Bottom line, uh, I'm happy for my mom and her new car, but they are getting they are getting really fancy. Even I had to admit, I have yet to drive it because I have. Glacier, you'll appreciate this with your plate thing. I have this just irrational problem with driving uh, vehicles with paper plates still on them. Like I'm gonna get pulled over and strip searched and tasered in the ass, just because I don't look like I could afford the damn thing, even when I'm dressed nicely. So. <laughs> So I've yet to drive it, uh, but as soon as I, I think they've got plates on it now, as soon as as soon as I get an opportunity, I'll drive it. But they, cars are getting really fancy, even I've got to admit, as somebody who's more tech centric. But the um, but the other thing too is backup camera pranks. Just be careful where you stand because if the driver panics too much and lets off the brake, you may end up a backup squish. Um, okay, uh, I guess the final thing we'll talk about tonight, guys, to close out the show is something John wanted to bring up. And it's something I've discussed with a few people. Why don't you tell us what that is, John, in terms of the Hobbit movies, which the third one just came out this holiday season? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, this came out uh, in late December. And and um, so, you know, Wanda and I are, are big fans of the, of, the, of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And we've been watching the Hobbit movies and discussing their merits discussing you know some of their downfalls uh and so uh just just last night um which is the reason why uh, uh we're recording on a friday uh is that uh we went to see um the third hobbit movie last night with our friends and so um it is now now that i've watched that one and we actually watched uh, the other two hobbit movies in the last week and a half or so in in preparation for uh, for this one, just wanted to throw out a couple of of uh, you know see how we all felt about that. If we thought that um, you know the movie is, is you know are, are is <clears throat> excuse me is there a need for for the Hobbit movies? Are they a cash grab? Is the fact that they're three movies rather than one or 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 maybe even two? You know how it got expanded? Uh, you know when it was in development. Um, is that is that was that a mistake? Are we okay with the with the with the new material? Is it you know, or is it fine? Right? Um, have you watched? Uh, have you guys watched the the? I I don't know if you've watched the newest one, but have you watched the first two? I've seen the first two. Uh, I have not seen this most recent one, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's definitely a cash grab, in my opinion. But I mean, I can only, I can totally understand why they did that. Now, um, w- w- which part of it is the cash grab? The, part, the fact, the, the that, fact it's, that it's that, three movies. That it's three movies, yeah. Yes. I have not seen them. 
because as much as I'm trying to be more social in other areas, stuff nobody wants to hear about on the podcast, long story, um, I still just don't like going to movie theaters. I don't like... <laughs> I don't like sitting to people who are talking on their cell phone that they think is silent or texting on their cell phone that they think is silent. And most vibrator vibrators on cell phones are still pretty fucking loud. So my plan is I have a, but I do have a friend that has a new large curved TV and a Blu-ray player. And so when they all three come out on Blu-ray, I'll watch them one, two and three in order. Um, and that's the other reason I want to see them all in order. My sense, without having seen any of them, and my sense because of the way Lord of the Rings worked out, and this is coming from somebody that 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 those four books are four of are are right there at the top of my favorite books of all time. I read Lord, I read The Hobbit. I want to say in fourth or fifth grade. It was it was not assigned reading, but but like you know you could read it if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. I have read The Hobbit probably a dozen times in my life. The Lord of the Rings trilogy probably at least four or five times. And my sense always was with what Peter Jackson did with the Lord of the Rings is it did not have enough. That easily could have been five or six movies. And so while. The marketing department may have had cash grab or 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 soak the audience in mind with splitting The Hobbit into three movies. I think Peter Jackson, from everybody I've talked to without spoilers and from everything I've seen, did it right with, with three movies split. I, there is enough material, if you just explored things, in the Lord of the Rings for at least four or five movies and in the Hobbit for at least three movies, mm-hmm. you know, some of this new material, the way, from what I understand is stuff that in essence was there and talked about in the book, but never really expanded on because that's not what Tolkien had in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I, wasn't I, just cut from whole cloth. Yeah. Stuff in the I, movie. Um... I I I haven't read the Silmarillion uh book that uh with that has you know, some historical stuff although apparently uh some of the some of the things that go on in the Hobbit trilogy have been you know there's been stuff plucked from that and integrated in and you know an unfinished tales as well I think but but that being said you know from from my point of view as a viewer you know, I thought the, the I thought the new material was was actually fine um uh, I, I can understand how a how a Hobbit purist might not want that extra stuff in there, but you know, as a viewer watching these movies, I will say that the, the stuff that was purely the Hobbit was a you know the way and the way in the way that it was presented on screen was a little bit too close uh, in feel and and uh, experience to the original trilogy. Like it, it felt like you know using the phrase cash grab. I would have, I, you know, if I didn't already know that The Hobbit came, you know, came it was it was released first, right? You know, if I didn't know that it came first, and you know, I I I uh, I, I would have said that The Hobbit movies, to a certain extent, were were a bit of a rehash, and and the the scenes that I found to be the most uh, interesting in certainly the first Hobbit movie were the scenes that were new, like. Um, uh, 
it's not really a spoiler that these three people t- that, they, that these people talked, but in one in one area, you know, there was a conversation between Gandalf, Galadriel, uh, Elrond, and Saruman about the possibility that Sa- that Sauron was coming. So this little meeting, I th- I thought was really interesting, you know, and how that ties to the other movies. Whereas scenes like in the first movie where they're in this uh, this mine being chased by you know the the company or being chased by this uh, big mob of goblins in a mine like it felt like it was much the same as the as the moria uh, chase sequence in the in the fellowship right you know a rehash or and and some things thrown in that and you know it, just from a, from a movie experience point of view i guess right and, that's uh, that's a great way to phrase it movie experience point of view because the books were basically that there's a lot from the hobbit which was first in the order of the story that gets repeated in a lot of ways in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. There are similar themes or similar, you know, the, it's... Oh, this just almost straight up. I remember that as a kid, especially the, the, some of the underground stuff, let's call it for, for safety's sake, just me being an idiot, essentially that, this is just basically the same stuff as the, when this happened. You know, I, I distinctly remember that. And when you see it on film, I guess it's probably going to even intensify that feeling of I've seen this before. But essentially, well, the books were kind of that, were, were, were that way too. Mm-hmm. Especially <clears throat> when these films were being directed by Peter Jackson and his team. And, and, they, do, and they do a fine enough job, but that, you know... The, the the familiarity in the tone and the and the and the, and the designs and the um, just the feel of the movie kind of made you know made me feel like I've already done this before. Right, and I, and and I think that's a legitimate way to feel. I just don't think there's anything Jackson could do short of bringing in Chris Rock and and or Chris Tucker and and Jackie Chan three quarters of the way through 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 and start Rush Hour four. Well, well, I, I mean, I don't think I don't I don't think there was a damn thing he could have done about it the way Tolkien wrote the books. Well, I remember I remember when this, when these movies were talked about uh, being made and and the name that was being tossed around as an alternate director rather than Peter Jackson was uh, Gil. I always spell it, pronounce his name Guillermo del Toro. del Toro. And that and and as it turns out, he does have a producer's role in in the in the Hobbit trilogy. Um, and I can tell you when you're watching it, and, and if you know that, you can see the the, the places where his fingerprints have, you know, have his fingers have dabbled in the design of creatures or sets, and and I find those are definitely the more unique uh, parts of the movie. Like uh, Glacia, you know, you know what I'm talking about when I say that when when they go to that stronghold uh, where the, where the orcs are hiding out. Uh, maybe. Uh well and and you know the you know well anyway there's that that area and and um you know this the spookiness and the and like the, the real the real dark places of the hobbit are out of you know have been have been tweaked and 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 dabbled with by by del toro i think and i find those ones are the more unique and more interesting scenes sometimes Here's an interesting thing to me, though. I would like you. I would love to sit down and have you pick out each scene, if we could, and then find out if Del Toro actually had more than normal influence on them. 
here's why. This is complete tangent aside. It doesn't matter if you felt that way, then fair enough. I, I oftentimes wonder when we know somebody's connected to a project, even in the most minimalistic way, and we see something that speaks to us that that's their style. Because Del Toro definitely has a very specific style. It's one I like a lot. I like Guillermo <laughs> Del Toro a lot. Probably almost too much. Uh, in fact, if they had told me he was going to direct Star Wars, I would have went, it's going to be a little fucked up for Star Wars fans, but this is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I would have been far more excited about him directing it than J.J. Than Abrams, and I have nothing against Abrams. Again, I think the dude's got balls of steel. Um, but, I, you know, because I've seen stuff where he's been an executive producer and gone, God damn, I bet that's, you know, I wonder how much we infer because we're so used to how um, Del Toro does stuff. He does stuff much darker, much grittier, much muddier, whereas Jackson's always been, in every kind of movie he's done, much cleaner, crisper, very, uh, very high, uh, you know, high resolution. Um, I, in fact, that's why I'm, whether they're some rehashing, whether it was a cash grab, I'm very much looking forward to seeing The Hobbit because the way Jackson shoots a lot of stuff, I really like the visuals of it and the cinematics of it. He's he's really good at that. Little Del Toro grit, grit and mud wouldn't hurt either, though. I'm, I'm not going to turn my nose up at that because he is... He, he he I I almost think sometimes because he's had some stinkers that he just wanted to make just to make uh I almost think that sometimes Guillermo del Toro is a little underrated mm-hmm. as, as a director and a producer um you know Glace, though you were talking about it's a cash grab here's the other side of that coin that I thought about when they said it's gonna be split into three movies if they had only made it one like say two and a half hour movie they still would have been in a similar boat. It just would have been more with the purists because there would have been, I I suspect that with the way the Hobbit is and some of the side stuff that wasn't part of the main storyline of, of, you know, Bilbo's adventure, that a lot of the purists or more ardent fans would have been very upset at what got left out. You know, I still think, to your point, that you're probably correct in that the the I, the the concept of making it three movies wasn't altruistic to try and include as much of the book as they can. It was it was ginned up by some marketing or PR exec who wanted to make more money. I don't deny that, but I think I should mention though that I I am not a fan of any of the Lord of the Rings movies, so. I may be biased. I don't, well, I mean, why, why are you not a fan of any of them? I, I mean, they're massive undertakings. They're technically amazing. There's good acting performances. The sets are great. The shots are great. Great cinematography. Right. But I just think as movies, they're not great movies. The, the story just didn't speak to you? Uh, I haven't read the books, so that may be a reason why. But I, I just think as a visual, I mean, as a cinematic experience, they just did not, they weren't cohesive enough for me. I also say I did not like the Harry Potter movies as well. And I love those books. Um, 
I mean, there, when you, t- when you t- undertake such a large universe, I mean, you still have to make it so the story is self-contained in a way without having outside information. Right. And I don't think either of those franchises ever did that successfully. Well, and and that's where I was. What you're talking about, I felt that with a little bit with Lord of the Rings, but I still loved loved it overall. There was, yeah, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. There were some letdowns with it, but that universe was so hard to bring to life. I would say, and I'm gonna probably also say I'm biased in this. I would say Harry Potter was probably easier to corral that universe into a films. Than, than the Lord of the... Oh, sure. Oh, sure. I mean, it's high va- high fantasy versus low fantasy. But, uh... Well, I would call Harry Potter low fantasy. I'm not quite that mean to it. And I've never seen any of the movies. Or well, I mean, it. there's no... You're not set in magical land. You, you know what I mean. Well, you're not set in a medieval universe, which is much harder to create yeah. from scratch than... You don't have knights running around and whatnot, but... Right, and, and, and ginormous... Uh grand castles you know i mean harry potter had some good visuals what i what bits i have seen of it but a lot of that stuff they could film in a boarding school in england you see what i'm saying it's you don't have to go to quite the extent i mean like i said i mean i think lord of the rings is great visually you know and technically but neither franchise is really i've never been like wow that was an amazing movie like Mm -hmm. i've always had Uh, i always have to have the context of the story to make it be a good movie and i oh, think right. if you need that then it's not a good movie no yeah i, yeah, I see where you're coming from sorry john uh, i was just gonna say i i think what happens uh you know what happens with, with both both sets of movies is that uh where they're based on books um that that are so uh visual in their like the description you know they're, they're described so much and there's and people have memory can visualize you know, location scenes so much that that they 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 work so hard to to create these worlds that you know a lot of, a lot of the information and a lot of the, the some of the scenes some of the things that happen become um, what's the word su- uh, super su- superfluous is that what it is like this is extra stuff yeah extra yeah. E- extra stuff to make you immersed but it's not necessarily a part of the yeah. actual story and I I mean I can see how that can become like a little monotonous, right? You know, like, oh, like, so in, much. Instead so of much... them redoing The Hobbit, I think it would be interesting if they just did a totally new story within that universe and made it work as a movie. Oh, good luck. The... Uh, I mean, the... that's that's what uh, J.K. Rowling is doing with Harry Potter, which I'm excited for. She's writing the script for a new movie. I wonder how that's going to do, because again, what John's talking about. Like, for me, and I think this is why Lord of the Rings hit home for me more, there's scenes, especially when um, Strider is riding across the plains in Lord of the Rings at like 4,000 miles an hour, and it's it's a tundra, almost a tundra-esque shot in New Zealand, which New Zealand was a great place to film those movies. Uh, it added so much to it to me. Just some of the cinematics, because one of my favorite games that I feel most immersed in, and I'm playing through for playing through again for a vastly different reason this time, is Skyrim. And it's just I like that high mountain, just below the timberline, tundra esque, you know, t- kind of tundra plains look and feel. Um, like in fact, the 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 parts with the elves in in Lord of the Rings, it's like all right. I know what's going on here. Hurry up. Let's go. 
<laughs> get me back to the mountains and the, and that kind of stuff. So I, I understand what you mean, Glaze. I'm curious and will be curious how these uh, the, her her just a movie no book in that universe does. I I think there's some pitfalls there with a fan base that's so ardent and so passionate about those characters. Uh, Well, they're not using the characters at all. It's set 60 years before the book. Oh, 60 years before. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I could still see the same pitfalls just for different reasons. That's the, that's when, when something gets so beloved, it's really hard to break away from what has already been done or already been written and just start from scratch. I, I have a massive amount of respect for Rowling doing it. And I think whatever it is, is going to be probably a good film. Uh, I just am curious if the fan base, if the, the more ardent or hardcore the fan base will go for it. I could tell you that that'd probably be a steeper hill to climb with people that love The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. I would love to see it too. Because there's a lot of things that get barely mentioned in those books that you could uh, expand upon and 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 create an, its own set world of, you know, maybe it was just touched on in The Hobbit, uh, you know, that this happened at one... Oh, I tell you, um, in The Hobbit, <laughs> kind of how it... The, the kind of backstory to how Smaug ended up <laughs> the damn dragon. Spoilers. Um, if you think that's a spoiler, bite me. Uh, how he ended up there. How it's explained in the book. You could very easily go back in time. And you know, John, you've seen the third one. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know how much they went, went, went into it in the movie. But you could go back in time, say, and show exactly how the dragon ended up there. And that could make a great standalone movie in, in the Lord of the Rings universe, I think. I've thought that, that because when they started making the movies, I read the book again. Um... And, and I may read it again before I watch the movies, which is something I did. I don't know if I want to do that or not. It's something I did not do with Lord of the Rings, and I think I was better off for not doing it. So, yeah, I don't know. Whether it was a cash grab or not, John, didn't seem to keep too many fans away. Hello? Oh, no, I'm here. Oh, I, I'll, I will oh. add. Uh <laughs> Return of the King is the only movie that I've ever fallen asleep during. So that one was a little slow paced in the beginning. I do have to admit. I was trying to think if I've ever fallen asleep during a movie. Don't think so. Threw up during Doc Hollywood. Does that count? <laughs> Fall asleep in a movie. I mean, I've I've put on a movie and and not and fell asleep like. Because it was a movie that I, I I've seen before, but no, not, uh, we're uh, talking theater only. No, like, in, in a theater, in a theater. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I I I fell asleep in a theater one time when I had I had like a, I had a fever, <laughs> and I I said like, I can still go to a movie, and I went in and I, and I sat down and I was so sick and I fell asleep in the chair. I, I don't I don't even remember what movie it was, but you know how you know how that uh, toxic waste that they call popcorn butter at the mm-hmm. movie theater. 
I found out the hard way during Doc Hollywood, which if you don't know what that was, it was a movie with Michael J. Fox when he was still popular. Eh, it was all right. I was there with a girl. It was, who cares? I, I cannot... Uh, I told the guy, uh, like, light to medium-ish on the butter, and he was a pimple-faced 16-year-old, so he put a shitload on it, and it was a fairly big bucket, one I could normally eat, no problem. Too much butter. I had that, and I had a Coke, and about 10 minutes after I had that, I was sick. Sick. And the guys are like, well, because I was there with, with with the girl I was dating, and I think there was a, a one other f- guy friend was there, and then another couple, and they're like, well, we could leave. I'm like, nope, I've got this figured out. Let's pray for no alarm. I used the fire emergency exit, like, next to the screen, held it open with my leg while I got sick. Let it shut and then walk back to my seat. Obviously, I didn't feel really great after that, but the movie was like three quarters over and I wasn't going to ruin everybody else's night because popcorn didn't agree with me. Um, And so I sat there, finished my Coke and got the feeling a little better and other than that nasty taste in my mouth. Uh, And that was the end of that. I was really glad there was no alarm bell on that or probably would have been a bad idea. It didn't say alarm will sound above it. So I thought I was okay. It's a little embarrassing, though. I got to admit that much. Mm. The, the, I've never gotten sick at the theater, but uh, Wanda did. Uh, she, well, she was, she was, um, I think she, I think she was pregnant at the time. And uh, we went, we went to see Cloverfield. Oh, wow. And that's one that can make people who aren't pregnant sick. Yeah. On its own. Yeah, the 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 shaky cam uh, just did her did her in pretty badly. You know, I don't get motion sick, but Blair Witch almost did that. Me watching it on home video. Mm-hmm. It, it it was it was pretty bad. So. It wasn't as bad as Cloverfield, but it was. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen Cloverfield at, yet. At, at times, it was bad. Yeah, but. All right, gents, I think that's enough for a show. Let's get out of here. If you want to get in touch with us, we got a bunch of ways you can do that. We have a Facebook, Waterpot Online. We have a website. It's waterpotonline.com. At that website, not a hell of a lot going on, but this podcast is always posted there, and it has an embedded player on each show's posting page. So don't feel like downloading MP3, want to listen to it while you're at work or whatever, go to the website, waterpotonline.com. You can listen to it there. We are on iTunes like everybody else and their grandmother. If you don't like iTunes, we're at archive.org. And actually, archive.org is the best place to get our entire 237-plus show catalog, plus a few extra bits that are in there. Uh, we have a Twitter account. It's at WonderPodOnline, all one word, at WonderPodOnline. If none of that works for you, we do have an old-fashioned email address. It's WonderPod at WonderPodOnline.com, WonderPod at WonderPodOnline.com. If you're brave, you can follow me on Twitter, at O-R-I-G-I-M, or you can follow John on Twitter. At John Kehoe, J-O-N-K-E-H-O-E. Until episode 238, happy 2015 things, and I'm out of here. See you, people. See ya. Goodbye. <laughs>